0: This is the One Thing Podcast where we teach you the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. I'm your host, Jeff Woods. If we want to look at the quality of our relationships, we have to look no further than the quality of the conversations that we have. Because as the person you're going to meet today says, the conversation is the relationship. Here's the problem. Everyday conversations with the people that we care about they're strengthening our relationships or they're undermining our relationships. And we're not always aware of it because we're oftentimes failing so slowly that we think we're succeeding. In marriages, it can be catastrophic. With our children, it can lead to relationships where we really have regret. And in business, I mean, it could lead to millions of dollars lost that could have been realized. So, How do we fix it? How do we get clear on how we communicate with the people that matter most so that we build amazing relationships and live extraordinary lives. That's what we're talking about today. For those of you who have been following the One Thing podcast for a while, you have likely heard of Fierce Conversations and Susan Scott. Our original episode with her, episode 100, is one of our most downloaded episodes of all time. She's become a friend at this point and somebody that we just love to support and feature whenever possible. In fact, this year, we were gonna have a productive summit, the first event of its kind in the spring, and she was gonna be one of our featured speakers. Unfortunately, with COVID, that was no longer the case. However, we put our heads together and asked, what's the one thing we can do? And the truth is, it's goal-setting season, folks. And right around the corner, we have our couple's goal-setting retreat, which is why we're so excited to let you know that what you are gonna hear today is just the beginning of what Susan plans to share the weekend of November 14th and 15th when we are together live for the One Thing Couple's Goal Setting Retreat. What she will be talking about there will be from the new book that she's writing that is yet to be released. So you will be one of the first groups to hear some of the content. Today is just a taste of what's to come. If you'd like to learn more about the One Thing Couples goal setting retreat, you can go to the OneThing.com/slash set my goals. The weekend of November 14th and 15th is geared specifically to couples. And then the following weekend, we have a track specifically for individuals and teams. So whether you have a significant other or not, we have the perfect solution for you to get clarity as you go into of the next year. You can learn more by going to the one thing.com/set my goals. That's with the number 1 in the URL, the one slash set my goals. With that, let's get into this episode with best-selling author of Fierce Conversations and Fierce Leadership, Susan Scott.
1: Susan, welcome.
2: Thank you so much. It's just a real privilege to spend time with you and everybody who's listening. And I promise at the end of this to share the one thing that I want everybody to take away from our time together.
0: I would love that. I would love that. Susan, what
2: is Fierce Conversations? Well, I will definitely tell you to kick it off. I, I do want to give everybody just a heads up. You know, Fierce is located in Seattle, which is the uh, epicenter of the coronavirus, all of our employees are working from home, and I hightailed it to my treehouse on Orcas Island, and I have my dogs with me. And you know, there's one on either side of me right now, and I hope they don't bark. But if they do, that's what's going on, and there's not a whole lot I can do about it.
0: And by the way, the, how many of you is this the first time that you're getting to watch an interview with somebody legitimately sitting in a real treehouse? <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> And this is the first time I've done a webinar from the treehouse, so it it probably won't be the last because technology is wonderful when it works. So I definitely have a topic that I want to focus on today, but first I want to establish a few key ideas, and you're going to see me glancing over to my right um, from time to time because I've made some notes to make sure that I stay on track and that I share the most important things with you so a few basics one is that if you if you look at your life right now just all of the results that you have going on i mean the ones that you love the ones you don't love the ones you're sort of eh about and you ask yourself well how did i end up with these results today i would suggest that you arrived here one conversation at a time probably one successful conversation a few failed conversations and the most dangerous of all, the most costly of all, some missing conversations. Because we're really navigating our lives and our careers and our personal relationships one conversation at a time. And I, I have a little dog tag that I, that I wear that says one C at sign T and it stands for one conversation at a time. And when I put it on in the morning, it's a reminder to take it that way. So, another basic idea that I want you to consider is that our most valuable currency is not money, although it is very nice to have some of that and necessary, but our most valuable currency is relationship. It's that emotional capital. And every single conversation that we have with someone or a whole group of people, like the one I'm having with you today, is either enriching that relationship, harming that relationship, or just kind of flatlining the relationship. So there's not a whole lot of point. So really, relationships are key. And and connecting with people at a deeper level is very, very important. And it's a lot about what we teach. I think if if you want to be a great leader, a great human being, you must gain the capacity to connect with the people who are important to you at Work and at home at a deep level or mm-hmm. lower, and that doesn't happen via email and text and um technology that happens well, face to face. Um, so and technology is helping us with that.
0: You so, just said something, Susan, that I think is worth repeating. You said yeah. you need to have these conversations or lower your aim
2: or your aim. I mean, if you what want to be a If you want to be a great leader or a really great parent or a great partner, a great human being, great. You must learn how to connect with people at a deep level or lower your aim. I mean, there are a lot of people who have the title leader uh, who are in relationship, who are doing all kinds of things, but I don't know that if the people around them were being really honest they would describe them as great 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 great. The people who we describe as great are the people who we know are connected to us, who see us, who value us and who listen to us and who when they say what are your thoughts are really asking. So and and just to wrap up that one idea, I mean if, if you think about a young man who's newly married and his, his his wife keeps coming to him wanting to talk yet again about the quality of their relationship. And he's so frustrated and confused. And he wonders, why are we having this conversation again? And eventually, if he's paying attention, it dawns on him. This conversation I've been having with my wife is, is not about the relationship. The conversation is the relationship. And, and when I first thought of that, heard that, I thought, wow, that is so true. And if we add yet another topic to the list of things we can't talk about, or it wrecks another meeting at work, or another weekend at home, then all of the possibilities for that relationship become smaller and smaller and smaller, until Mm. we even recognize I am making myself quite small, in my conversations with people. I'm behaving as if I'm just a space around my shoes. I'm engaged in yet another three minute conversation that is so empty of meaning it crackles. So the conversation is the relationship. And I would say to everybody in an organization and the relationship creates the culture. I mean, mm-hmm. those, those conversations create the culture. Those relationships create the culture. So. Two ideas and one more. So, the first is we're taking it one conversation at a time. Our most valuable currency is relationship. And the third one is that actually all conversations are with myself and sometimes they involve other people. And what I mean by that is there's a lot going on in our heads all the time. We are interpreting stuff through our own highly personalized context, our own filter. I mean, each one of you is hearing the same words, and each one of you is taking it in and thinking about it and relating it to your life or not, saying, oh, I agree, I don't agree, I like this, eh, whatever. We're constantly, constantly evaluating. And that context, those beliefs that we hold, produce our behavior, and our behavior leads to our results. So our context, what we hold to be true is absolutely running the show. And this brings me to the topic that I really want to share with you today. There is a there is something that we humans do, and we do it unconsciously. We don't think about it at all. And actually, but I, I think we actually kind of enjoy it is we do make up stories about other people and behave as if those stories are true. I can give you some examples of that where we're we're constantly misinterpreting. So and, and we don't know that we're misinterpreting and the other person doesn't know what interpretation we have just given quietly and privately to ourselves about anything. So, And then we look for more evidence that makes us right. And all of this leads to a lack of trust, a lack of respect, a lack of collaboration, and it ends up affecting the bottom line. And it happens at home. I I wanna give you a couple of examples of this, misinterpretation or interpretation. Let's say you are in a meeting, and let's say ted is running the meeting and let's say amy keeps holding up her hand because she really wants to say something or ask something and ted never calls on her in fact he doesn't even seem to glance in her direction and you're thinking i mean you're you're interpreting that you're making up a story about ted and it might be something like wow you know he's he's misogynistic he doesn't like Amy or he doesn't he doesn't really welcome any feedback or any input I mean it would usually be kind of a negative story and here's another example let's say you finally get your boss to have lunch with you and during the lunch your boss says hang on I've got to take this call her phone rings and I've got to take this call and she's steps outside and she is gone for like 15 minutes. And when she comes back, she's very distracted, and you can tell she's not really paying a whole lot of attention to you and um, this precious time that she wanted to have with her. And you could make up a story about her. It might go along the lines of she doesn't value me. She other things are far more important to her. She just agreed to have this lunch with me because she felt like she had to. She didn't really want to spend time with me. I must not be doing very well. I must not be important. That would be an easy interpretation to make. And one more example, and then we'll circle back and see what was really happening. The third one is you're walking through your office, you're going through customer service, you can hear one of your people absolutely yelling into the phone. And it's clear that he's talking to a client and you would make up a story. It's like, what the heck? You know, we don't yell at our clients. I mean, even if they're wrong and even if they're a little evil, sometimes we don't yell at our clients. We've made up this story. And it's really, really sad because we could be dead wrong. We could be absolutely dead wrong. But what do we do? We don't go have the conversation. I mean, it seems to me like the most logical thing that we would think to do when something happens that we're putting a negative Interpretation on is we would go and talk to that person, but we don't do it. Why don't we do it? We don't want to be in the room. It's, it reminds me of something Woody Allen said I, I'm not afraid of death. I just don't want to be in the room when it happens. And <laughs> I think we're like that when we, when we contemplate having some conversations and we don't have, and, and at home, you know, somebody would say, Okay, what's wrong? And we might say, Nothing nothing's wrong nothing's wrong when there is something wrong and it just gets really really quiet and so if you if you want more about why we don't have the conversation you can watch my TEDx talk on radical transparency the case for radical transparency but it's this fear we have this great fear and the resolution could have been achieved with a short conversation it really could have for example Using the fierce feedback approach, and this is the topic that I really want to share with you. People people hate feedback. I mean, if somebody says I have feedback for you, we usually our toes curl. We think, oh Lord, you know, what, what have I done now? What fresh hell is this, as my mother used to say. <laughs> you know, feedback has gotten a really bad rap. And it is because the person coming to us has made up a story about us. And is pretending that that story is true. They think it is. What other possible interpretation could I, anybody put on what I just saw? So the fierce approach turns this into a conversation instead of an attack, uh, a criticism. So Rod, you're in the meeting. You see Rod ignoring Amy. And I hope I named her Amy. I don't remember. But let's say I did. Yeah. so. We've made up the story, but we need to catch ourselves in the act of making up the story. And instead, after the meeting, go to Rod and say something like, hey, Rod, in the meeting, Amy held up her hand a whole bunch of times. She looked like she really wanted to make a point or ask a question, and you really ignored her. Could you tell me what was going on? And he might say, oh, no, don't tell me I did that. Oh no, I'm so sorry. Oh, you know, you know, we've got a newborn at home. I am so sleep deprived. I'm really asleep on my feet. I didn't I did not see her hand. And I I think the world of Amy. I mean, I think she's brilliant. I'm going to go apologize to her right now and ask her what she wanted to say. Okay. End of conversation. That was the feedback, but you turned it into a question you asked what was going this is what i saw this is what i experienced what was going on let's take the lunch with the boss maybe you would say if you had the courage maybe you would say hey can i just ask you something i mean this lunch was so important to me to have time with you and yet you know you took a phone call and and it was a long phone call and now you seem really distracted and not not here not here with me. Can you tell me what's going on? And maybe your boss would say, I am so sorry. My My dog is very ill. She's at the vet right now. And they were running tests and they were going to tell me whether they felt they could help her or whether it was time to let her go. And my heart's broken and it did distract me. And I am so sorry because you are very important to me, and let's, you know, since this has eaten into the time, let's reschedule because I want to have a lunch with you where I'm entirely focused. Wouldn't that be wonderful? And that would, we wouldn't walk away having this bad feeling. And the final example, and this really happened to me. I was the person who overheard, not at Fierce, somewhere else. I I overheard an employee yelling, uh, and I. And I said, okay, you just got off the phone with a client, right? Yeah. You were yelling, yelling, literally yelling into the phone. Can you tell me what was going on? And he said, yeah, that client is deaf. She cannot hear and she won't wear a hearing aid. And she <laughs> won't use one of those phones that amplifies the sound. And she's always saying, I can't hear you. I speak louder. And he says, it makes me crazy but that's kind of what i have to do and and i i just found myself laughing i'm laughing instead of going to other people with the story that i made up about him originally and saying man i don't know about jim you know he just he has he's terrible with customers he was yelling with customers he's got an anger problem you know we blah 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 and i didn't go talk about Ted after the meeting and say Ted really doesn't pay attention to women. you know he certainly didn't pay an attention to Amy. I don't know what's going on between those two, but it we, we didn't do that. And yet that is what we tend to do. We triangulate. We I think of triangulation as person A bonds with person B over their mutual loathing of person C and person C doesn't have a clue. And quite often, in fact, I'm finding nine out of 10 times person C did not do anything like what our interpretation was. Mm-hmm. Not even close, but we latched onto it and now we're going to go and complain to so-and-so rather than have the conversation.
0: Here's what yeah. I think is important about this, Susan, is and we had a, a conversation prior to this, whether to hear these ideas about having first conversations, to hear ideas about living the one thing. When we hear it, we imagine what it looks like to live it. And in that mind, we establish a bar of living it perfectly. And then when we start going down that journey, what we realize is that how we are living it is not the way we imagined it. We feel this deficit and we feel like we are failing.
2: Well, and we're not, we're, we're being human. We're human. And I'm always telling people in our trainings, look, do not beat yourself up if at the moment of truth, when you knew you really should have come out from behind yourself into that conversation and made it real, you didn't, you were very careful instead, don't beat yourself up to say, okay, I didn't, I didn't do that well or at all. And so maybe I need to go back to that person or maybe next time I'm going to be more courageous. I honestly, I, I sometimes suggest just pick one of the seven principles of fierce conversations and let it be your focus for the day uh, and see how well you can do with that. Or take the definition of, fierce, of a fierce conversation, which is one in which we, we do come out from behind ourselves into our conversations and make them real and focus on that for the day. See how real you can be. I was I was watching the Today Show this morning for a little while, and they had a couple on who were really excited about the effects of microdosing with some cyclosylums or whatever they're called, mushrooms. They were using mushrooms, and they were saying, it was so amazing because we found ourselves saying things to one another that we kept wondering, why haven't we said these things before? And I thought, oh my God, you know, okay, all right, maybe, I hope it doesn't take mushrooms to get you there because it's never as bad as we think it's going to be it's you know nobody's going to die we just really can have these conversations and and do so well and i think you know we we teach people how to confront when when you've given feedback several times and and things are just not improving but i tell you if you give feedback on a regular basis including Gosh, I want to tell you what I just really value about you. Something I saw you do today that blew my socks off. That was magnificent. That's feedback. If we give feedback on a regular basis, it's it's less likely that we will ever need to confront because we're staying current with one another. Mm. And that's important. I mean, the, the first chapter of my second book, Fierce Leadership, a bold alternative to the worst best practices of business today is about anonymous feedback it's deadly it's horrible it it actually creates more problems than it solves so i think feedback should be not once or twice a year it should be just as appropriate all the time stay current face to face if at all possible if not then get on the phone but do not give feedback unless it's praise but even that do not give it via email or text. I mean tell someone, let them hear your voice, ideally see your face. So I think it's really important. I mean, I what I our clients are always saying to us, we love this, we love this, we love this. And and our biggest concern is sustainability. How do we make sure that we are actually doing what we've just learned? We don't want it to just have been a great experience for everybody and then Nobody uses it. That, that is probably the most important question a client can ask us. So we have something, we, we call it Fierce as a lab. We need to live what we're teaching in our company every day to the best of our ability. And when we notice that we're not doing too well, we need to give feedback and ask what's going on. And that's exactly what happened at Fierce. I noticed. I began to notice that there were some, some, some little cliques where people were seemed to be maybe not as respectful and trusting of other groups uh, as I hoped they would be, you know, department versus department. And I saw a pattern starting to emerge where. I would be having a one to one with someone, and I would say, "You know what's happening with so and so and and they would eventually make some kind of a critical comment about someone else in the company and I fell into the trap a couple of times, which was okay, well, tell me what's you know tell me tell me what what's happening? what did that person do? what did you do blah 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 until I realized after I'd done that in a week. I'd, I think I'd had that happen about three times. I thought, what the heck? And and I went to them and I said, "Look, have you talked with that person or with those people?" Uh, "No." "Well, why are you talking to me?" I and I think one of the most important and valuable things we can do as individuals, whether you're in a leadership position or not, it really doesn't matter. That if someone comes to you and starts complaining about someone else, say, okay, time out. Have you spoken with them about this? And if they haven't, if all you get is crickets, then you say, well, please go do that. And I hold you able to have a great conversation with that person. So, you know, let me know when you had it. I'm really expecting to hear that you had it and that you guys worked things out and that, uh, you're back on track. And so if, if that kind of thing happens in my own company, where, you know, we're all about the conversations and we teach feedback and we weren't using it ourselves, then it's called being human. It's, it's, you you know, you can't be angry with anybody or slipping into that trap. It is human nature, but it's, it's definitely toxic and it's very toxic to a culture. It stops us right dead in our tracks when you when you realize that people are not having the conversations that want and need to take place. People are either avoiding them altogether or they're being very careful. And I think a careful conversation is usually a failed conversation because it merely postpones the conversation that wants and needs to take place so i also
0: how do you you get how do you get comfortable with doing with the discomfort
2: you by doing it by doing it by practicing it we're always practicing something the question is what are we practicing are we practicing withholding what we're really thinking and feeling or are we practicing disclosing what we're really thinking and feeling and asking questions and so that's the only way it's going to happen and and people um if you watch the tedx talk you'll you'll see what i mean about why we don't i mean there's there's terror for many people when they think about going to someone and bringing up something that they think is off or wrong or troublesome there's, there's really great fear and it's understandable So we can't beat people up for that. But when we give them the, here's the tool, here's the skill. There is skill in going to someone and saying, here's what I witnessed. Here's what I experienced. Stop. Can you tell me what was going on or what is going on? And ask questions. And and really, Jeff, that is the one thing. Ask, 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 catch yourself in the act of making up stories Mm. about other people. Catch yourself when you go to somebody else and are complaining about another person and stop it. It doesn't serve you. It doesn't serve anybody. And yet, Oh, I know there's a certain juice in doing that, but really it's, it doesn't, the cost is so high. So that's what I want to live, to leave with everybody is just, Catch yourself in the act of making up a story. Catch yourself in the act of complaining to others. Don't go out and buy a bunch of psychedelic mushrooms. Just go have the conversation. And that's that's really what I wanted to say today. That's the main point I wanted to make and take any questions anybody has.
0: Yeah, I love that. One of the questions came in with... Um... You know, they say I really agree about the importance of the conversations, but what do you do if you find yourself in this situation where uh, you want to have the the conversation, but the other person may not be interested?
2: Yeah, and that happens all the time. I that is a question that I hear all the time. That's when you you know you really I would hope that you would screw your courage to the sticking place, as Shakespeare would say. And go to that person and say, I know you don't want to talk about this. In fact, I was just, I was talking with um, the head of HR for a very large company who um, wanted my advice on how to talk with someone over her because there was a topic that she felt was really important. And he would get angry when anybody would bring that topic up. And she said, how, what, what do I do? And I said, well, I use humor to get through tough things, I'm from the South and that's what we do. I would suggest going to him and say, I'm going to bring up a topic that you don't want me to bring up. And so if you're packing today, please don't shoot me. Don't shoot me. I wouldn't be here quaking in my boots if I didn't feel this was really important and that there's a lot at stake to to lose and a lot at stake to gain depending on how we resolve this. Something like that. Most people are going to say, all right. But if they don't, you've got a bigger problem than, you know, I mean, there are people who are never, ever going to welcome a, a fierce conversation, a real conversation. They go into anger, which, of course, means that there's fear for them somewhere. Maybe they're afraid they're going to lose this relationship. Maybe they're afraid they're going to be seen not to be as magnificent as They want everybody to think they are, whatever. There's usually some fear there. So sometimes humor can disarm um, that kind of fear. But if it doesn't, you know, you might say, well, okay, you're still not willing to have that conversation. And I can see you're really upset. You're angry. Here's the thing. I'm going to leave you in peace for now. But I'm pitching my tent on this issue because it is that important. And here's what I feel is at stake. Bullet, 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 bullet. And have thought of those before you go into this conversation. Here's Here are the prices I think we will pay if we can't deal with this. Bullet, 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 bullet. So I, I'm gonna leave you with that right now and circle back to you another day. Or you can come to me. Just know that I'm not gonna give up because this is this matters this matters a great deal and leave and and if the person still after repeated attempts won't engage with you then probably you should leave um you know you can only do so much and some people are too terrified to to really be real or to to have conversations where there's going to be discomfort there there might be anger there might be tears there might be Accusations. You know, I I want to talk with you about uh, the things about you that I'm struggling with, and you're probably going to come back at me with all the things that you think are wrong with me. And you're probably right about some or all of those things. That's not pleasant. And yet, when you think about if nothing, here's the question to ask yourself and ask the other person or persons if nothing changes, what is likely to occur? So, You know, personally, it could be a divorce. (laughs) Uh, Professionally, it could be success, Um, the lack of success, the loss of a job, the loss of a promotion, the loss of a client. It could be a whole bunch of things. So I would think about those and have those in your head when you go in, if to the person who flat out does not want to have the conversation.
0: Do you find that? there's a difference in the way that men versus women interpret things and and how do you account for that in these conversations?
2: That's a tough one for me. I think some people would say yes, but you know, I worked I worked primarily with male CEOs for 13 years. I mean, it was always lovely when I had a female CEO because there was no explaining that we needed, you know, we got each other completely but I found that the, the, the male CEOs were just as terrified of having some of the conversations as anybody else would be. So I think the lack of courage really is at the heart of these issues. And I don't think women or men are more courageous than the other. I think this is a human problem. I think we're women can get in trouble is they're processing out loud too many words some some women too many words they haven't really thought it through and they go in and they start you know here's i'm unhappy about this blah 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 and pretty soon the person feels like their hair's blowing back and there's this isn't really a conversation i'm you know i'm just shooting at me or I don't even understand what your point is, or what are you trying to say, or what are you asking? This is too much. So I think, I think that's 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 an error that some women can make, um, and another error that women can make is try to try to be like what they think a man would do, and and you just have to be yourself. You just have to be yourself and yeah. do things own way. I mean, don't try to be somebody else or what you think. You're supposed to be, and and here one of the tough things is my life got a whole lot better when I stopped caring what other people thought of me, <laughs> 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 and, and just cared about what I thought of me, and you know, sticking to what I hold as important, um, so that my own immune system is strong because I my. my my actions are in alignment with what I say that I believe. And so if I'm for having real conversations, then I, that's what I need to do. And sometimes that's difficult. You, when, when you and I were talking earlier, Jeff, you reminded me about somebody that I was coaching for a while. And this was a man who um, I spent, I spent a, almost a full day with him. And then I was going to have a few more hours the next day before I returned to Seattle. And when I went in the next day, I brought with me a bar of ivory soap. And I said, I have a gift for you. And I would love for you to keep this on your desk. Because there's something about you and I I can't put my finger on it yet. But I think you need to be reminded to stay clean. Because I just get sort of a there's something slick about you that causes me to have some questions about what's really going on. And I'm absolutely prepared to be wrong about that. I hope I am. But this bar of soap is just to remind you to be clean in everything that you do. And several years later, he was fired because. He had not been clean in everything that he did, and he it, it was found out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was very sad, so sad, because you know, even even people who who have major flaws, we can still love them, we can still care about them, we can still want them, all good things for them. And I was really, really sad to, to hear that. But I I had not talked with him in years, so I really didn't know what was going on. And no one in his company wanted to spell it out for me, although I got enough hints that I kind of figured it out. But the thing is, I want to be clean, and I want to be clean in my conversations and in my relationships. I do know that my most valuable currency is relationship personally and professionally. And I know that though every conversation needs to further and enrich a relationship. Mm-hmm. Even if it is a tough one. And I find that when, when we give feedback using our model, and I've only just given you the, the opening gambit of our model, there's much more to it. But when I say, you know, and I could even say, you know, I've, I've told, this is what I saw. And I realized I'm telling myself a story about that that may or may not be true. Can you tell me what was going on? When we do that, we're not harming the relationship. The person might be startled. They might be surprised. They might say, oh, wow, no, no, no. I mean, one other example was of a, and I wrote about this in Fierce Conversations, um a CEO who I would always meet with him on Mondays and he always looked like hell. I mean, he, he just, and he would talk about partying over the weekend. And I remember finally saying to him one day, you know, I'm just, I'm just wondering because of all of the broken blood vessels in your nose and because of how you Seem to feel every Monday morning when I show up for our monthly one to one. I'm wondering if you have a drinking problem. And I'm terrified to say that out loud, but I did because I care about you. And he was angry. How dare you? How dare you? Why would you think that? Blah, 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 blah. And, and the very next month, when I came in and I asked him what is the most important thing we should be talking about, he said, My drinking problem so it's very often that the first comment won't land there will be that denial and that's true for me you know when when somebody's telling me something about myself i might not recognize oh no i don't do that i'm not thinking that i'm not behaving that way and then later on i'm thinking you know what i think i am i think there is something to that it's very humbling and mm. very useful it's so useful and that's when i you know, we all we always say, when somebody tells you something that you know was difficult, you I say, you know, thank you for saying that, because that took guts. I know that was hard to say, and it's hard for me to hear. So, thank you. I want to, and maybe it's, I want to think about it. Let me sit on that. I don't recognize that in myself right now, but there may be something to it. Is there anything else? that you, you know, can you give me more examples, or whatever, but to really be grateful mm. with honest feedback is shared. And I, uh, I don't like when people say brutal, you know, brutal feedback, there's nothing brutal about fierce. It's always, it's always comes from a place of caring and support. Um, so, you know, that, that's, What I would recommend for everyone is catch yourself, stop yourself, ask. Here's what I saw, here's what I experienced. Can you tell me what was going on? And then
0: dive in in there because Sue asked a question. You said catch yourself, stop yourself, ask. Yes. Think back to your journey. What's the one thing you did that allowed you to be in catching yourself to create that awareness,
2: well, I got some feedback when when I was in my early thirties um, and i was I had become a manager, and somebody gave me the feedback your you know your message is almost always right on, but your delivery leaves a lot to be desired <laughs> harsh. It can be hurtful. And in fact, one one person had said she would never forget what I had said to her. And I didn't remember saying anything to her that could be like that bad. And my at first I thought, well, look, if I'm too strong for some people, that's their problem. And it was only when I realized after a series of disappointing results, the constant was me. That, you know, there's got to be something to this. And that's why one of the principles of fierce conversations is take responsibility for your emotional wake. Hmm. Because we always leave awake. It could be positive, it could be an afterglow, it could be an aftermath, you know, it could be terrible, but we always leave awake. So I need to take responsibility for it, even how I respond to someone who's criticizing me and how I bring to someone's attention something that I think is off for them. So I'm, I'm always leaving awake. And that's not to say that everyone is going to say, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm so grateful for this feedback. Probably not. And yet in your heart of hearts, it would be useful. So for me, I had to come to terms with the fact that this, this was not about other people. This is about me. And I remember throwing the I Ching years ago and getting the message in a very real sense. The progress of the world depends on your progress as an individual now. Mm-hmm. Thinking, well, that's heavy. And then I thought, and it's true. Um, and I think for all of us, the progress of our organization, the progress of our department, the progress of our family of our marriage depends on my progress as an individual now. I can't leave it up to other people if only they would be a certain way if only they would help me with this if only they would approach me this way if only if only if only and Waiting for somebody else to show the way and model the perfect behavior, it could be a very long wait. So I do think something else to consider is, look, this is not about other people. This is about you. This is about me and how we show up every single day in every conversation that we have. And again, I want to emphasize it's the missing conversations that are the most costly because you know things are not going to change, um, and maybe yeah. they do, we need to, but they're not going to change if we don't have that conversation.
0: And, and we know, for those of you who are listening to this, oftentimes the the thing that stops you from having it is either knowing how to have it or or a lack of comfort around having it. And yeah. when um, Kaylin and I were having a conversation, our our one thing was to really build community around the one thing, and. Part of that was how do we create experiences where the community can literally get in the same room? And we started doing the couple's goal-setting retreat in the fall, and we realized there was a need to do one mid-year, which the Productive Summit is going to be that. And we asked the question, how do we start to feature other people? How do we start to bring together more voices that can help you as an individual progress and advance? And this year, um, we asked the question, if we could only invite one person to come that was not just Jeff and Jay. Who would it be? You're staring at her. So um, this is this is. Gonna
2: practice. We're going to practice what I've been talking about, and when we're yeah. all together, so that we get good at it, and we'll go deeper into the topic.
0: Yeah. So we we asked the question: How do we? If the conversation is the relationship, what's one thing we can do so that you grow your comfort there, that you have the framework and the model, which is going to be the feedback model, and you are going to get the chance to to work with Susan in person? So we are we are very excited for that, and um, we want to let you know we'll, we'll we'll share the the URL for you to to learn about it. It's the one thing dot com. That's with the number one in the URL, the one thing dot com slash summit. Fierce, and I'm even going to share my, my screen real quick so you can see it. You will see that it is currently scheduled for the end of May in Seattle. Now, obviously, there's something going on in, in the country right now um, with the virus. And so there is, a, there is a possibility that that date does get pushed back. But the thing that we wanted to do for people who are here on this webinar, um, we understand that the date may move. Um, We wanted to offer you a chance to join us and to join Susan and to give you an incentive to do it. Um, You'll see on there, there will be a coupon code. If you just enter the code FIERCE in the coupon code spot, you will get $100 off your ticket. And we're only leaving that up for the next 48 hours just because this is not going to be distributed to the public at this time. So we were going to be pulling that down in the next 48 hours, but we wanted to invite you and to give you the chance to join us. And if we do end up needing to move the event, because you are our one thing. And the dates do not align with your schedule. We will 100% refund your money, no questions asked. But we wanted to make that available for you guys now. So I would encourage you to take a screenshot of this or open up a browser real quick and put down the com slash summit fierce. That is a, a special page just for you guys. Use the coupon code fierce and you'll get $100 off.
2: That's a great offer. That's really nice.
0: Thanks. Well, we care. We care. Yeah. Bottom line. Yeah. Susan, I'm curious, if you think about your journey mm-hmm. as, as a practice leader of Fierce, yeah. what advice would you give your, the, that version of yourself when you were just starting? You oh, know, today, What yeah. would you tell yourself to start doing that you weren't doing at the time?
2: I would tell myself to disclose what I'm really thinking and feeling. Because mm. I didn't do that. Also, I was so terrified of disclosing what I was thinking and feeling that whenever I dipped my toe into that water, it didn't go well because my fear came out as anger, which is not fun for anybody, you know. And so I, I withheld a lot of what I was thinking and feeling. Not so much at work, but at home. And, um, and I know that my husband did as well. And I think that that's what tanked our marriage after many, many years. That was really hard to to make that decision. But we we were not having the conversations that we needed to have. And it was shortly after that that the whole idea of fierce conversations came to me. And I began to work wholeheartedly on that and found out that I am not the only person on this planet who longs to have meaningful productive conversations that help us interrogate reality and provoke learning and tackle our tough challenges and enrich relationships so i would have advised myself just say it just say it i know it seems risky but just say it or ask a question so i was i was into i was more into talking than asking at that point, which was another problem.
0: Mm, I love that. I love yeah. that. Well, folks, I would love to open it up to you out of everything we have covered on here. What's the one thing that brought the most value? I love what you said, Susan, about um the progress of the world depends on the progress that you make right now.
2: Just, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah not tomorrow or next. Yeah, when yeah. you're in the it, you know, now. <laughs> Hello, everybody. I wish you were all here with me in the treehouse, although you wouldn't fit. Um, but I wish, <laughs> we're here. I wish we could go build a campfire. And I, I just, you know, I shared with somebody the other day that that when I think of a fierce conversation, my image is of a campfire. And I find that when I'm here on the island and friends and family are around, all I have to do is start a campfire. And pretty soon everybody starts showing up because they They smell the smoke and they hear the crackle and they're attracted to the warmth. And then they'll add their logs to the fire. And pretty soon we have got an amazing crackling blaze going. And that's where we gather to tell our stories and be with one another. And that's exactly what happens when someone comes out from behind themselves into a conversation and makes it real. Then somebody else will say, Well, I think I can be a little more real in this conversation too. And that person joins and then somebody else joins and somebody else joins. And we discover that we are, we are we are having a conversation unlike any that we have had before. And that it is very useful and heartwarming. And we also start to see one another so much more clearly and understand one another and learn from one another. So yeah. camp, think campfire and small.
0: I love it. I love it. Well, Susan, we really appreciate uh, you investing your time with us today. We are very excited to get to work with you in person at the summit, whether it ends up being at the end of May or um, during the summer throughout this year. And um, if if people wanted to find out more about Fierce, Fierce Conversations, Fierce Leadership, where do they go?
2: Well, they can certainly go to our website, which is fierceinc.com. There's a lot there. and they you know and just send us a, send us an email or ask for a chat or um you know we have a lot all, and everybody's working remote but we still are getting people's emails and messages and I would love to hear from you if there's anything that we can do to help
0: yeah yeah and I'll I'll put this slide up one more time folks so if if you would like the chance to join Susan, Jay, Kaylin, myself in person uh we will be doing a summit this year the question is a matter of when right now it is slated for the end of May there's a chance we we do move it and if we do shift the date and it does not work with your schedule we will 100% refund your investment but this we wanted to give you guys a special offer to be able to join us in person and get $100 off so please take a screenshot That's of this cool. that will That's be cool. a
2: and I, I also would say if I know a lot of people have read Fierce Conversations, but if you haven't read Fierce Leadership, that take that goes much, much deeper uh into this incredible territory.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, Susan, thank you so much for investing your time with us. And for everybody here, this will go out on the One Thing podcast later. Next month for April, we have Mike Michalowicz, the author of Profit First, who will be joining us. So we will include that in the email to follow up and you are more than welcome to register for that as well. In the meantime, we hope that you have a productive day. Have a good one. Well, there you have it. Our conversation with Susan Scott. What I appreciate so much about Susan's work is she's helped me truly understand the value of each conversation I have, whether that be with my team, my wife, my kids, my partners, just like dominoes, they fall one conversation at a time. And as I, prior to getting into relationship with Susan, I didn't realize that the conversation is the relationship. Those little conversations that you have, whether they were positive or negative, I didn't give them the appropriate priority that they really deserved because we really do succeed or fail one conversation at a time. It's why I'm excited to learn more about the new work that she has as she narrows her focus to the conversations at the core of what makes two people in a committed relationship successful. It's about our face-to-face everyday up close and personal attempts to give and receive love and how we can be more effective in having conversations that matter she'll set us up with the critical tools to be successful at our one thing couples goal-setting retreat on November 14th and 15th you can learn more by going to the com slash set my goals again that's with the number one in the URL the thingcom slash set my goals. The weekend of the 14th and 15th is specifically geared for couples. The following weekend will be focused on individuals and teams. So whether you have a significant other or not, this is an amazing opportunity for you to escape your normal environment virtually and cast a vision for your life. Put clear five-year goals in a place that'll determine your one-year goals and a simple path for you to follow each week so that you achieve the things that matter most. If this episode has brought value to you, Who's one person you know that needs to hear this? Would you consider sharing it with them? And while you're at it, if you are new to the One Thing Podcast, welcome. Every week we have a brand new episode. The best thing you can do for yourself is to click that subscribe button so that the episodes are automatically downloaded to your device of choice. And while you're at it, would you consider leaving us a rating and review on your podcast player? It helps us reach more people and live our purpose, which is to help you better invest your time by having a relationship with your goals so you can achieve extraordinary results. I'm your host, Jeff Woods. We look forward to being with you in the next episode.